What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conservative Network podcast. This is Pete, and today we're going to go over how Trump hit a home run, in my opinion, in his State of the Union address last night, and then how in the Democratic response that, of course, had to occur immediately after, Stacey Abrams lied through her Michael Strahan-like teeth in order to respond. I'm sorry, it just had to be said. Anyway, so I'm going to break down a few aspects of the president's speech and a few other things I noticed during the speech, mostly about President Trump, a few things I noticed about the Democrats, specifically the Democratic women and those who dressed in white, Though they seemed to kind of get behind him as the night went on, which was very interesting to see for the most part. Uh, But let's break down a couple of the major issues here. So for starters, uh, the border wall and a potential government shutdown. So Trump did reference this in the speech, and he said, and I quote about the border wall, that he will get it built. So obviously this is to rile up the base. Many of us, including myself, support having more of a border wall and thinking that the fact that they can't lay out between 150 to 250 miles of border wall with the 5.7 billion dollars that the conservatives requested is ridiculous especially since uh especially since these you know, this covers next to nothing there's, i think there's 2700 miles worth of border that is not covered at the southern border with a wall so this is not even 10 percent and uh, they're going nuts about this, and obviously they just don't want to give them anything. This is pandering. Nance Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all of these Democrats have been caught on tape in the past 10 to 15 years, whether it was under Trump or even under Obama or George W. Bush, saying that we need a comprehensive immigration reform and agreeing with a lot of what Trump has laid out. So obviously they're hypocrites. But I, I like that he laid out fact after fact, and afterwards, you know, CBS and all these other companies had their fact checkers go off and i watched a lot of these you know flipping through i didn't see every single one and every single thing that was said but for the most part i saw flipping through the channels nobody really questioned too much of what he said some said eh, that's a murky statistic at best and it's just because it comes from organization the heritage foundation which i'll get to a little later on for example that obviously it has a conservative lean it, it values conservative things and it tries to prove conservative points So obviously the results might be a little biased, but that said, for the most part, they couldn't really correct him on anything. And it's good that Trump and obviously the speechwriters who wrote this did their homework and they made sure they found statistics that had to be accepted by the fact checkers at many of these agencies. But he said, and I quote, in the last two years, our brave ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of criminal aliens, including those charged or convicted of nearly 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 killings or murders. So what was funny was that as he went on about how his administration has really cut down sex trafficking, not just across the southern border, but across the world, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, her favorite congresswoman, she thought that she should sit down during this segment, even though obviously the women in white, which I'll get to in just a second, um, were there to show 100 years of women's rights to vote and and blah de blah de blah And when she realized she was literally like the only person in the chamber 
especially in her section that wasn't standing to applaud this because the Democrats, I'll give a lot of them credit, especially the women in white, they did stand up during bipartisan issues and even interestingly during some interesting issues where you wouldn't expect them to stand. I remember the last one, there were so many senators and congressmen and women with stank faces who walked out infuriated at different points and they definitely didn't put on that type of display this time around. Uh, but she decided to get up and it was clear that Nancy Pelosi was the main puppeteer. And what I mean by that is in, in most of the footage, it was a little different based on the channel you watched it from or the live stream you watched it from and the source. But for the most part, you can see Mike Pence sitting behind Trump's right shoulder and Nancy Pelosi sitting behind his left shoulder. And she was smirking the whole time during different issues where clearly she and the Democrats didn't agree or they didn't want to agree because obviously it's better for them politically. Um, she was going through papers. I don't know if it was a printout of the speech or if it was a printout of things that she wanted to touch on in response to what he may or may not say during it. But she was smirking the whole time. She had to hold back from laughing a lot. And it seemed, I don't think it had a lot to do. I mean, I could be wrong. I wasn't there. But based on the camera angles that I saw, it looked like she was laughing based upon reactions of some of the Democratic base and people on her end of the chamber um, in response to some of the things that obviously were controversial to them. Um, there, were ish, there were times where she actually literally like raised her arms up, like, you know, stand up for the women because Trump referenced that there are more women serving in Congress and, and public office today than ever before. And, you know, half of them got up and half of them didn't want to stand or clap for anything. So there were multiple times. That was the most funny time because you would think that was the clearest time of any to really get behind him and, and, and applaud because it's true. You know, it's becoming increasingly, um, you, know, you know, females are increasingly getting roles in government. So I thought it was funny that she was literally their puppeteer. She told them when to stand. She told them when to back off. There were some jeers at different points and she like literally like made a hand gesture, like put it on the brakes, like don't do it. And I thought that was actually one of the few good gestures she made. Now, obviously, Justin pointed this out yesterday in the group and it blew up. She brought illegal aliens into the chamber almost as an FU to, to Trump. And I think one of them was actually a former employee of one of Trump's locations. And look, it's just a terrible stunt. And what you know, Justin said hits it right on the head. She, she and the Democrats, most of the Democrats, they're globalists. They care more about people that do not live here, that are not going to follow our laws and come here legally, than they do about actual tax-paying, law-abiding citizens. So I, I thought that was disgraceful in and of itself. But she was clearly the puppeteer. So many fresh faces. You know, Ben Shapiro is like, they're so fresh, so fresh. It's funny because it's true. And they're all they're just awful human beings. You know, the links to anti-Semitism by Talib, by Ilhan Omar, by even Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez from a few days ago talking to a British politician who's been linked to um, anti-Semitic groups and, and making anti-Semitic statements is just ridiculous. And they get away with it because they're the people of truth and, and morals and values. And it's just complete and utter BS. So I thought that overall when Trump addressed the border wall, in that situation, he did a good job. He just laid out facts that were irrefutable. Again, the, the, the channels could not really um, dispute any of what he said. They said, you know, some of the statistics were murky at best in terms of the 30% of women who were apparently sexually molested or assaulted on their way to the country by um, coyotes and people who bring them here. But um, for the most part, the facts were right. They couldn't refute it. And it justified why he was sending an additional 30 
3,750 troops down to the border. Now, I think the one bad thing about this is that he made a promise. He said, and I quote, I will get it built in reference to the wall. Again, me, Evan, Justin, we're all behind the wall. We think it's good. You know, we have differing views on immigration in terms of whether we should even allow legal immigrants to come into the country at this point because we have so many domestic issues here at home. But we all believe a border does need to be um, built. There, there is an issue down there. There's no question about it. And because of legislation in our own state by Andrew Cuomo, the DREAM Act, among other things, illegals are essentially being incentivized to come here. If you can get across the border and not get caught by Border Patrol or by ICE and you're into the country, then you get here to New York, you get free health care, you get free education for you and your kids, and obviously we still have that stupid federal law, <coughs> excuse me, where uh, if two illegal immigrants conceive a child here in the United States, that child is automatically a U.S. citizen in the vast majority of countries around the world, even ones that are looked at as being even more pro-immigration than we are, even in Europe, that is not the case. If two illegal immigrants conceive a child in that country, that child is not automatically a citizen of that country. So we have a lot of issues with immigration backwards that need to be addressed and corrected. But I don't like that Trump promised that he will get the wall built because, look, if you're having this much trouble getting essentially 12 hours worth of federal funding for between 150 to 250 miles of border wall, when there's still nearly 3,000 miles worth of border wall that needs to be built in order to really build this thing that he campaigned on, I don't think it's a good look because this is something that people who aren't huge fans of his and also obviously the leftist uh, opponents on the Democratic side or even the independent side, if you look at Howard Schultz and people like that, can say, look, his biggest promise was the wall. It's not happening. And then it's the blame game. Well, they wouldn't play ball. They wouldn't come to the table. They wouldn't give me nominal amounts of money when just a year or two prior they were willing to give me five, six times that amount of money for a border wall. Um, but it's not a good look because I don't think it's going to happen, in all honesty, before 2020. I don't think this wall is going to be built. It may not be built in one term, and maybe that's the way he's going to spin it. You know, we got X amount built during my first four years, and we're going to finish it the other four years. I don't see that happening unless, again, we take the House and the Senate again. We already have the Senate, so we need to take the House. We need the big majorities like we had. But unfortunately, we had two years to do this. We didn't do it. And now he's making a promise, which unfortunately I don't think he's going to be able to keep. So that was the one segment of that aspect of the speech that I was not fond of. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com. Now, getting into a, a hilarious troll, President Trump said point blankly, and I quote, America will never be a socialist country. Some of the channels immediately zoomed in on Bernie Sanders. He looked like he was going to pop. He looked like that kid in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory who just kept inflating and inflating, getting redder and redder or bluer and bluer, and then pop he went. He looked exactly like that, because you know he was talking to him and the radical leftists who are freshmen, like I mentioned before, Ocasio-Cortez, Omar, and Tlaib, among others, who are trending in that direction, who do want socialist policies, even Elizabeth Warren and some uh, incumbents, some people who have been around the block a few times in terms of our national politics, really going far to the left to pander to that very vocal minority in their base. But the problem is, 
70% of Americans agree on most issues. This is a stat that has been brought up since last year. And most Americans do not want socialism. Some, you know, many will agree that there are certain entitlements and benefit programs that should still exist. But for the most part, nobody wants socialism. And Trump pointed this out in his speech, and it was great, too, when he was justifying this. You look at countries like Venezuela, where just 15 years ago, it was the most prosperous nation in South America. And now... It's a complete, uh, it's a complete shithole, for lack of a better word. You know, people are eating their pets. They were, you know, they went into local zoos and they ate the animals there because it's so difficult for them to acquire enough food for them to survive on. They had, what was it, a thousand percent inflation, or, or maybe it was even more ridiculous. Their money is worth nothing, and now they're having um, an issue with whether Maduro, their leader during this time period, who yielded all these terrible economic results, is going to remain in power versus the um, his challenger. I forget his name, but the challenger is also very far left. He's just not completely socialist. And obviously the vast majority of the constituents in that country want Maduro out and they want this other guy in because maybe, just maybe, some of his policies can correct the country. But overall, I loved that troll and I loved how a lot of the TV stations knew immediately, zooming on Bernie Sanders, because back during the 2016 campaign before Hillary got the nomination, he was the guy anointing socialism. Now... There were a couple other things, one thing that I liked and one thing that I didn't like, and then I'm going to get into a retort to Stacey Abrams. I didn't see all of, the, all of the Democratic response because it went pretty late. I got to wake up very early in the morning, and I didn't want to do that. I think in the future, though, when there is a State of the Union or when there is an important, you know, addressing the nation type of situation, I think that both myself, Evan, and even Justin, I think we're going to get together, we'll do a live stream, and we'll watch it together, and we'll, we'll give analysis as time goes on. But, um... Anyway, um, one positive thing that I liked was his pro-life stance, and he was adamant about you know ending these late-term abortion rules. He pointed out New York and Governor Cuomo in a speech, which was outstanding. He pointed out the failed policy in Virginia. He pointed out Ralph Northam, and a lot of the leftists on CBS and all these other stations started to spin it like, oh, you know, pointing out Ralph Northam because he's easy pickings. Yeah, the guy is under fire for something stupid that he did back in the 80s, whether he was in that picture or not. You know, he screwed himself over by taking responsibility initially and then 24 hours later retracting that he was even in the picture, but then saying, oh, by the way, you know, this might come out, so I'll be honest, I might have worn blackface during a, a dance contest where I pretended to be Michael Jackson. You know, it, it is easy pickings, and it's justified. And he's also apparently sabotaging his lieutenant governor. I heard more about the story yesterday. I looked into it more after Evan and I recorded. And it turns out that, you know, an allegation, this allegation of sexual misconduct against the lieutenant governor, Justin Fairfax, this came out a year ago. And the Washington Post didn't even run with it. And obviously, whenever there's sex scandal, things like that, I know he's a Democrat, and I know he's, an, he's a black politician, and so they have a spin or a skew towards, let's not really attack him too much unless we absolutely have to. But they found nothing on this. I mean, this woman is more credible than Christine Blasey Ford. In fact, she hired the same law firm that, uh, that handled Blasey Ford during the Kavanaugh hearings. But she has a date and time. He's agreed that they did have sexual relations, but that it was consensual. And that, you know, the fact that he forced her to do anything is complete and utter fabrication. It's he said, she said. She didn't get a rape kit done. This is probably not going to go anywhere. But this is just a stall tactic by Ralph Northam, obviously. But Trump picked on him. And it was good. And it showed that, you know, what he's not under fire for, which is much worse than political correctness, is that 
he was behind a bill, and he's a doctor for God's sake, behind a bill that would have allowed post-birth uh, infanticide, basically. You know, not even just killing the baby when the woman's dilated, when she's in the process of giving birth, but essentially committing infanticide if the parents and the f decide they don't want it. And that they will, they'll deliver the baby, they'll quote-unquote resuscitate it, and then they'll decide what to do from there. It's just awful that this guy, regardless of whether he's a Democrat, Republican, or anything, as a human being, how you can even get behind this is ridiculous. I love that he pointed that out. I love that he pointed out Governor Cuomo in his home state, Trump obviously from New York, here in New York, and obviously all of us feel terribly about that bill and how just pure and utter evil it is. And the double standard, too, that Andrew Cuomo was not for the death penalty here in New York by lethal injection because he's a quote-unquote Catholic. Meanwhile, it's cool to kill a baby in the third trimester and do a late-term abortion because, you know, women's rights and stuff. So, absolutely great that he pointed that out, and that he's urging Congress to pass legislation to end late-term abortions nationwide. I love that. I think that is outstanding that he did that. He needed to take a stand against that, even if nothing gets done in that regard, and he just said that. That just shows he's on our side from a social issue, and that is very important because this isn't uh, this isn't even socialism versus capitalism, which, let's be honest, socialism is evil in and of itself. But killing an unborn child who cannot fight for itself, who cannot vote for itself, who can't have a say in what's going to happen is just a complete disgrace. I'm glad he pointed that out. Now, the last thing that I want to touch on about the State of the Union before I get to Stacey Abrams and her response immediately afterwards was that Trump did a couple of times mention the Mueller investigation. And look, I and many of you will agree that if they have not come forward with anything, they just had some high-profile arrests, like they did with Roger Stone a few weeks back, where they sent like a huge SWAT team of 120 guys to his house, when obviously the guy doesn't own a gun, doesn't even have a, he doesn't even remove his passport apparently, and all they want to do is get some documentation and some verification that Trump colluded with Russia, and you know, you know this huge stupid display. But outside of a few of those major arrests of Trump confidants over the past couple of years. They have nothing. Why? Because this whole investigation, to refresh your memory, was brought forward by Hillary Clinton in a dossier that she, that she acquired by, guess who? The Russians. So, it's so ass-backwards that any self-respecting journalist or reporter, or even news network at this point, they claim that they're news and they're just bringing you the facts and you decide and things of that nature. Um... You know, they claim that they're being unbiased and they're treating him fairly, that he's an egomaniac and he's obviously, the only way he got in was the Russians rigged the election for him and he's colluding with them and he's giving them stuff that they want. Trump also was very critical of Russia during the speech. In fact, he said that compared to his predecessor, Obama, he's been much stricter on them and he laid out a whole bunch of areas where they have been stricter and it's true. I mean, he's met with Putin, he's talked to Putin, he said they have a good conversation, he said the same thing about Kim Jong-un, who he's apparently meeting with at the end of the month. You know, it's one thing to have good, open dialogue, even if these people are your enemies, even if these people are not on the same page as you, or are looking to sabotage our government, our, our country, and our way of life. But there's a whole other thing to insinuate something that, quite frankly, if there was any collusion of any sort, I don't think he knew about it, and I don't think he had anything to do with it. Because if he did... You can bet your ass the second that that was made public, that was made available to Mueller and his team, that would have gotten leaked to the press. So, he, but unfortunately, he gives it life 
by continuing to talk about it. This isn't a Q&A where he's asked about it and then he kind of has to respond. And even if he wasn't a Q&A situation like he was on Super Bowl Sunday with Face the Nation, all you have to say is, look, this is a witch hunt. I have nothing more to say about it. I've said plenty about it over the last couple of years. I'm not going to end the investigation because they, they're not going to find anything. That's all he has to say. He does not have to say anything else. But instead, he mentioned it a couple of times in the speech, and honestly, I don't think it was a good thing. So for starters, he said, and I quote, that um, our economic miracle could be stopped only by foolish wars, pol politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. I don't disagree with any of that. But you again, you give the left life whether it's the mainstream media, whether it's going to be the Democratic politicians running for president against him, you're giving them ammunition because why does he feel the need in a prepped speech where he's not answering to anybody, he's just delivering a State of the Union address, why does he have to give it life? The first two parts of that are good. Um, that the foolish wars, you know, being in the Middle East at this point is absolutely ridiculous. There's nothing that we can do there or should do there. You know, we found Osama bin Laden, ISIS has been neutralized, and will they grow back? I don't know, but it's not our responsibility to keep everyone around the world safe. It's not Team America World Police. I'm 100% on board with that, because again, I think we have a lot of issues here at home that need to be addressed, and that unfortunately, a lot of Trump's predecessors, since we've really gone to the Middle East in the late 80s, early 90s, um, have not. They've neglected domestic issues in exchange for these foreign affairs, which, let's be honest, the vast majority of them, it's not to stop terrorists, it's not to instill democracy around the world, it's actually just to make money on gas and other you know, natural resources or even goods and services that they have there that they do better there than we do here. That's all it is. It's just to get a monopoly. It's stupid. So we should bring our troops home, and we should only use them when we actually need to use them. And I put their lives in danger. I think you mentioned there were close to 8,000 soldiers that have lost their lives since we entered the Middle East about 19 years ago. It's disgraceful. I actually personally know one who's paralyzed from the waist down. He's, he's one of my clients. He's paralyzed from the waist down. And, you know, he deals with a lot of shit because of this. And he regrets it every single day. Not just because, obviously, he's paralyzed from the waist down and he got a, a spinal cord injury, but because he realized what he was there for was BS. And... It didn't need to happen. You know, so so getting back to this anyway, so he also said, that, let's pull this up. No, that's really all he said. Um, oh, and the, the other sentence, of, excuse me, is that if there is going to be peace and legislation, there can't be war and investigations. Again, I agree that there should be peace and legislation. I agree that there shouldn't be unnecessary war. Again, these investigations, Nixon said the same types of things during the Watergate scandal. And I don't, you know, honestly, it's just not a good look. Don't give them any more fuel to add to their fire. They don't have a fire. They're, they're, they're trying to ignite flames with rocks. They don't have wood to rub together. They have nothing. They don't have a lighter. They don't have a match. They don't have nothing. So don't give them anything. Just continue to let them spin their reels. And it's been pointed out by several conservative pundits over the last few weeks, and it's true. Since the government reopened, he has stayed relatively quiet, which is a good thing. Because all the media can cover then is the left's lunacy. And if they cover their lunacy they continue to do themselves a disservice to the American public, which is a good thing for us. <laughs> so let them continue to spin their wheels. Don't give them any more ammunition. Do what he did earlier with the border wall and talking about a potential government shutdown and southern border. Just lay out the facts and justify why it needs to be done, and that's it. Don't name call. Don't play the blame game. 
Just do that. Make a case to the American people, the electorate, who many of which are not as informed as you or I. They're not as interested as you or I. They don't really know what they're talking about. They're watching this just like when they go out to vote. It's just something fun they can do so they can exercise their civic duty and feel that they know what's going on in the world. That's all that it is to them. So let him explain it to those people. Who are the vast majority of the electorate, by the way. Most people who vote are not really into politics. Most people, generally speaking, are not really into politics. Um... But he, he needed to stay away from that. I wish he had. He didn't go into it nearly as much as he did a year or so back. But, again, don't give them fuel to add to the fire. Now, to retort Stacey Abrams, there were three big issues with the retort. I'm not going to read it verbatim because it was long and it was boring and it was awful. <laughs> but here are three quotes that she stated insinuating something. I'm going to refute every single one of them. So the first one, quote, Republican tax bill rigged the system against working people. So, actually, a July analysis of last year by the Heritage Foundation found the average taxpayer saw a $1,500 tax cut, and the average family with two kids got almost $3,000 off, so $2,917 to be exact. Also, the labor force participation has increased due to wage growth during the time of the Trump presidency. So, again, a completely fabricated claim to try and make people feel like victims, where in actuality, the economy is going pretty well. How long it lasts, we don't know. Hopefully it lasts long enough for him to get reelected. because let's be honest, nobody the Democrats are throwing at him are going to do any good for the country at all. They're all going further and further to the left, they're pandering to their base, whether or not they do a lot of those things. If they were to be elected, we don't know. I'm not willing to take that chance. I hope you're not either. The second thing she said, and I quote, the shutdown was a stunt engineered by the president, one that defied every tenet of fairness and abandoned not just our people, but our values. The shutdown, while he did take credit for it, and you can give her that, um, it was a bipartisan thing. He came to the table. He was willing to give amnesty to more than half of the DACA recipients, and they refused. He was willing to take half of what he was asking for. They refused. Why? Because it's all political posturing. He mentioned it throughout his speech, and it's true. They did it to make a partisan point. And there was a quote from him a day or two back, too, prior to the State of the Union, saying just that about Nancy Pelosi. She's bad for the country. This was on Super Bowl Sunday, actually, to come to think. It was on Super Bowl Sunday. She's bad for the country. She did all this to make a political point, and he wishes that they can drop partisanship and come to terms because they do agree. There's video evidence that she agrees. Her stances haven't changed in real life. That's ridiculous. Same with Chuck Schumer. Same with a lot of these Democrats outside of the freshman facements who are crazy socialists and are complete globalists. Um, they want these issues taken care of. They just don't want to do it for him because then that gives him a win. So it'll be interesting to see. But the shutdown was a bipartisan thing. It was Trump versus them. And he gave him three weeks, formed a 17-person bipartisan committee to figure this out. Whether or not it will be, we don't know. And I mentioned this a few weeks back and I'll say it again. Whatever happens on February 15th, if a settlement is not reached, is going to determine whether he gets reelected or not. If he declares a national emergency, I don't think that's a good look. Some political pundits on the on the right disagree. Uh, I, I think that's a bad look because then he's overstepping his bounds. He's done a good job of staying in lane, not signing stupid executive orders that are outside the scope of his authority. He wants the government to work as it should. The legislature passes legislation, comes to his desk, he vetoes it or signs it into law. That's how it's supposed to work. If there's a constitutional issue with a law, whether it's a current one or a past one, that gets taken to the Supreme Court, and then they decide on that. That's how our checks and balances system is supposed to work in a nutshell. And the fact that um, and the fact that he stayed away from that to this point, I think he has to stand firm and get government to work. 
even if that means taking some lumps. So I would prefer, if it were to happen again, for him to have a government shutdown, but to make preparations leading up to it. So, for example, members of the Coast Guard and other aspects of the military are not getting paid. They should be funded, regardless of whether they're, quote, essential or non-essential employees. They are very essential. Other folks, not so much, in my opinion. So I think it's important that they take care of the military and take care of the people who protect and serve us. And for the rest of those folks, it's unfortunate, but that's the risk you take when you take a federal job. I don't have too much sympathy on that. The last thing she said, which is absolutely ridiculous, she said, and I quote, she cannot accept efforts to undermine our right to vote. They're talking about voter ID laws that Trump and many Republicans are advocates for. Why are voter ID laws important? You've seen this in in Texas. They've had over 100,000, and that's all the ones that they can count up. Illegal immigrants vote in elections over the last 10 years. This is happening all over the country. This is clearly happening here in New York. Andrew Cuomo passed the DREAM Act, allowing illegals to come here and take advantage of our education and healthcare system. Why? So he gets more votes. They're going to move to the more populated areas where there's more opportunity, and they're going to vote him in. It's essentially a trade. I give you free stuff. You keep me in office. That's how it's going to work. So the Democrats don't want voter ID laws to exist because then you can verify. You're not an actual citizen. And, and Cuomo, too, is trying to get around that. I don't know if you guys heard about this. And I don't know if this is part of the DREAM Act or not, but I know this is some type of illegal legislation. Was trying to allow illegal immigrants to apply and receive driver's licenses if they can pass the same test that you or I take. That's ludicrous. Again, you can't incentivize criminals, people who are willingly coming here illegally, to give them a driver's license so that if they're pulled over, nothing happens, to give them you know, health care and education on our taxpayer dollars when so many families, not just you know outside the city, here on Long Island, there are plenty of families with multiple kids who are college age or who want to go to trade school, can't afford it. They can't afford it unless they, unless they go through an apprenticeship type situation. They can't afford it. And they're not able to get financial aid because they don't meet the qualifications. Meanwhile, a lot of these illegal immigrants were making just the same, if not more money, who have not paid into the system over the course of their entire lives. They're going to be allowed to get in. That's a disgrace. This is all they're trying to do. They're trying to buy votes nationwide. We can't allow it to happen. Stacey Abrams is a moron. There's a reason she lost the Georgia election. It shouldn't have been as close as it was. But there's a reason she lost the election. She is radical. All of these people are radical. They do not deserve to be in office. They don't. So, um, overall, I thought the speech was very good. Again, a couple of blunders by the president, but they were much better contained than I thought they were last year. And I thought, for the most part, he just laid out facts, supporting pro-life, um, supporting the, um, why the border wall is needed, and that socialism will not take place in our great nation. And I thought he did an excellent job with the State of the Union. He's really risen to the occasion when he's done these state of the unions and uh, definitely did a great job. And any of the Democratic response that I've seen so far, especially the one immediately after by Stacey Abrams, just awful. So guys, if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, depending on how you're listening to us, or subscribe to us on YouTube if you're watching it there. Also, if you can, we're trying to get out there and get out the vote in 2020 here in New York City. A lot of people feel helpless. 70, 70% of New Yorkers do not vote. And a lot of conservatives at that do not vote because they feel that they're going to be outvoted by the city. And it is a democratic election process, unfortunately, for our local and state officials in this state. But we can outvote them. We have the votes. 
just gun owners alone, the 4 million plus gun, or, gun owners in New York State, after the State Back 2 passed last week, you got to get out there, you got to vote these schmucks who voted for it out of office, whether they're in your district or their statewide office. you got to vote these schmucks out of office. we got to get good conservative candidates in. We're going to bring those people to you. We're going to be reaching out to both incumbents and people challenging Democratic incumbents, trying to get into the fold so that they can take back the state Senate and fight Andrew Cuomo tooth and nail. Because now that he has all this power, he's going to continue to take it. We've seen what's happened the last couple of weeks, and it needs to be stopped. So if you can, please help support us. You know, Evan, Justin, and myself, we pour in a lot of our time, a lot of our energy. You know, we have lives. We have jobs. We have, we're all in relationships. Some of us are even raising kids. Like, it's a lot to do this on top of all that. We're doing it because we're passionate about it. We want to help make the state great again, just like the, uh, Donald Trump is trying to make America great again. So we can do it. We have the votes. We want to get out the vote, and we want to get great candidates for you so that there aren't uninspiring candidates running for governor in 2022 like there were this year, or there aren't other state or local legislators who are uninspiring and are never going to be able to outraise or just out-politique, so to speak, to use a French term, uh, the incumbent Democrats who have been in office forever or who just got there on radical leanings because people were fed up with um conservatives and republicans in congress and around the country so if you can donate just five dollars a month you're going to get a free don't let fear take your freedom wristband from us here at our circuit server network we also do a mailbag every friday where we'll reach out to our mailbag donors and we'll ask them what they want us to cover whether it's a question or a topic if we're having a guest on that week we'll get we'll let you ask questions and we'll read them out to them we can even mention your name if you want and if you're able to afford $50 for the year, which will save you $10 if you're paying us monthly, then not only will you get all of those things, but you'll also get an Empire State Conservative Network hoodie. You have our logo on the front, your name and number on the back. Size is small. It's a 5XL. It's a great, great thing to have to flaunt in front of people and to show that we're not going to take the standing down. We're not going to run away like a lot of the wealthy New Yorkers do. We're going to stand here and fight, and we're going to take this state back once and for all. So if you can help support us, we'd really appreciate that. Just go to EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com forward slash donate. But that's it for today, guys. My name is Pete. I will be coming back. Actually, Justin will be coming back to you tomorrow with his solo show. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. It's Evan with Empire State Conservative Network. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlay at Empire State Conservatives. If you'd like to help us improve our shows, you can donate through our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash donate. We also have some merchandise that will be coming to you soon from our website. If you'd like to work with us in any capacity, please feel free to email us at GetRedPilled76 at gmail.com. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.